Hello, and welcome to episode 633 of the Macworld Podcast. I'm Leif Johnson. We got over here on the remote, we have Jason Cross. Hello. And over here on my right, we have the most important man of the room, Dan Masaoka, who was missing last week. Yeah, I'm back. And Dan will be taking your uh, questions. He'll be looking at our feeds on YouTube, and he'll be looking on Twitter Periscope. And uh, so if you have us any questions, just shoot them over to us. So, you know, you, if you've been listening for the last couple of weeks, you know that we have been running a giveaway for an 11-inch iPad Pro. We teamed up with AnyTrans. Uh, it's a data management tool, migration tool. And, uh, you know, you can use that to... Uh, to put your data over here. And we like it because it gives us a lot more options than iCloud does. But that oh, that uh, that contest ended an hour ago, and the winner is Stephen from Florida. Now, we're going to keep that vague because we really want you guys to check out your spam folders <laughs> because we've had some issues where people have won these amazing things and we haven't been able to send them out to you. Uh, so if, you're, if, your name is from Steven, if your name is Stephen and you're from Florida, please check your spam folder and it's very possible that you could be, you know, holding this very oh, iPad within a week. So uh, congratulations, Stephen. And uh, so we're going to talk about a couple of disparate things on here today. And uh, so one of the big news earlier this week is uh, it's, a, it's a light thing, but uh, Infinity Blade, which you might remember, was one of the big apps from early on in the App Store. It's one of the apps that Apple used to show off in its presentations about how great the uh, the graphics were and the performance was for the iPhone. It is gone now. Um, publisher uh, Epic Games, the, uh, the developer was Chair Entertainment, but publisher Epic Games, which is best known for Fortnite these days, removed it from the store, saying that they no longer felt that they could probably... Uh, support it um this is a big deal in my opinion for uh you know infinity blade was one of those games that showed that you know ios games could be fun a lot of other games you know they try to stick too much to the controller controls and everything but infinity blade you know it you know it was fun to use with the touch controls it was a little repetitive but it looked darn cool while i was doing it yeah, it was one of those things where it was, you know, when they, they always talk about console quality graphics, so you could see it there. Mm-hmm. Maybe it wasn't quite, but you could actually see, oh, yeah, they really are getting there. Uh, and it wasn't just another match three game like Candy Crush and all these other things that were so popular at the time. It felt like a, quote, real gamers game. Right. Uh, and and they, I think at several keynotes, like you said, brought them on stage to mm-hmm. show how great it is, you know. Uh, so three Infinity Blades over... From 2010 to 2013. 13, yeah, over three years. Mm -hmm. Uh, And now they're, I mean, it's been five years since they published one, but they've yanked them from the App Store. Uh, You can still, if you bought them, you can get them. Mm -hmm. You can. still, And they work fine, I've tested. Yeah, Yeah, go to App Store, tap your little picture in the top, go to purchases, you know, and then search for it and you can find it and re-download it. And they said they're going to keep doing the... um, the content for Infinity Blade three mm-hmm. that you know their their events or what not they're not events what are what are the content they I do forget every, it, it was some in game term but it, it was yeah. like crash mobs or something like that yeah something like that um, they're going to keep doing those for a bit um, and you could yeah, also have download some stickers for messengers yeah yeah <laughs> so there's that um, I I kind of feel like Apple uh, Apple uh, mm-hmm. like Epic's excuse is a little bit disingenuous yes i mean they they are they are the developers they bought chair in 2008 or something like it that. was before the infinity came out 
Yeah, after Shadow Complex, I think mm -hmm. they bought Chair. So you know, I mean, they are the developers. They have access to all the code and assets and stuff. It's not like it's gone. Mm -hmm. They have all the money in the world because of Fortnite. It's not a matter of, oh gee, we just can't yes. keep it up to date with all the new iPhones and versions of iOS and stuff. It's like they just, it's not worth it. And by the they way, don't. if you aren't aware of how much money Fortnite makes in July, and that's July, um, that's not now, it was over a <laughs> billion dollars. That yeah. was crazy. Yeah, that so. was the estimate. Obviously, they don't release stats. They're right. not a public company or something. But yeah, they've the, the estimates from third parties were, yeah, they're breaking in a billion dollars a year. It's a realistic estimate, yes. Yeah, I think so, probably, based <laughs> on the, the spread. <laughs> and uh, So I just think it's, I think Epic just feels like they have bigger fish to fry. You know, 500 downloads a week or whatever mm -hmm. Infinity Blade is getting mm -hmm. by still being on these best iOS game lists <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, is just nothing compared to the Fortnite and the now they're doing a game store and all this other stuff so i just i it might just be just you know it doesn't sound good for them to go oh it's just not worth it for us anymore right. guys and it wasn't like that you know if you looked on the, the the review page which was up until yesterday i mean you mm -hmm. you could see the google results for it but uh you know it still had like a 4.6 out of 5 rating after thousands of reviews which shows yeah. that it was still running well and yeah and it worked on modern phones i don't think they ever did an update for uh, like the iPhone 10 and stuff with notches where they're really right. formatting it perfectly. So mm -hmm. you, you would get like the little cutoff bit, but you could play it. It was fine. I saw a couple of people say that the resolution wasn't really kind of up to par with like the, the 10s and stuff like that. But yeah. yeah, a lot of people said just as that didn't matter because it still looks a lot better than the other stuff out there. So yeah, it could have used a refresh. But, you know, it's not like us. we see some of these other top tier games that are really old, that they were 32 bit games and they just didn't want to go through all the hassle of making a 40, a 64 bit and compile to work on modern iOS. Mm -hmm. And they Apple's cut off old 32 bit apps. It's not like that. It's it survived that transition already, you know, so. And, and that, that's, that's an important part. And, and, you know, I think that's what makes it so sad. It was it was such a key part of, you know, Apple's history, especially with the apps and stuff. So, you know, there were other big games like Bioshock. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, 2K couldn't, you know, they said they didn't have the resources that, to, to fix it when the, with the jump to iOS 9. And mm -hmm. uh, so last year, you know, that, they announced this in 2015. Last year, you know, it was just kind of in limbo forever. They finally got around to saying, yeah, we're not going to update this so and the difference, <laughs> if you haven't gotten a hint by now <laughs> exactly the difference though is that you know bioshock was always kind of garbage on the iphone i mean it yeah it good. was never really made to be a good touch experience <laughs> but, you know but Whereas this in, was yeah yeah infinity blade from the start and there's no real replacement mm -hmm. for it uh i think a lot of people were looking for blades the uh from um why is my Bethesda's Blades, which is sort of an Elder Scrolls game. They were hoping that would be sort of an RPG-ish version mm -hmm. of what Infinity Blade looked, because it looked like it played very much the same way. But mm -hmm. that's been delayed, so mm -hmm. there's no obvious, oh, this is console quality but made for touch, you know, action medieval game out there that I think everybody's looking for. So do you think that it's a, you know, especially, okay, so, you know, Bioshock is always going to have, you know, 
things that are preserved, you know, on PC and stuff for it to be a lot, a lot easier too. But, you know, there really is, you know, for Mac, we have the Internet Archives class of Macintosh software library, which, you know, you can download all those old games for the old Macintosh. But currently there's really nothing like that for iOS. And, you know. Yeah, I don't know how uh, sort of game historians are archiving iOS games. I mean, it's it's got to be possible to sort of grab the package even if you could never technically install it again maybe in some future years they can find a workaround or something like that but Mm -hmm. i've got to imagine they're able to grab the app package in some way and just just to have an archive and say well hey maybe you can never play this again (laughs) who knows Uh but it's there and then you know in 20 years there'll be some iPhone emulator, like ancient iOS 12 iPhone emulator or something yes. you can play. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's 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 kind of an issue when something only ever exists in one place mm-hmm. and can be disappeared from that without like a an accessible backup. You can't go to the file system on your mm-hmm. iPhone and grab all that data and zip it up and put it on a hard drive somewhere as a user as a regular user you can't do that it's not like a steam game or something like that so yeah it's it's an issue for archiving sort of the history of games and stuff when these games just disappear because because, you know the way ios is done now the basically all you can hope for is is an update and sometimes these updates come that come because uh, remember I was talking about iOS nine uh, Telltale you know they they also pulled it because they were having problems with the transition to iOS nine but yeah. even though Telltale is effectively dead now uh, you can actually still download a lot of the, the things like uh, you know the Wolf Among Us and uh, the Walking Dead so and those are there you update them you got to cut them some slack because they were obviously were having resource problems yes totally <laughs> which and you can understand them going like hey we don't have the time and money to do this right but yeah again like epic is rolling in epic amounts of cash it's yes. just so it almost seems like yeah we can you know here this will be your job is to and it's not like and this this, I, this is why i'm going back to my previous point is you know the game was not running poorly we the the other cases that i've brought up here it was like the transition to ios 9 you know transition yeah. to 64 you know basically you know we're not going to have a significant refresh on, on ios until next year probably so you could have just let it just sit there for like a year and then maybe you know if you know ios 13 has some crazy changes then it would be a problem but they didn't go that route that's that, that i, I, find I, I can't lot. imagine it would have taken a lot of development effort just to to kind of get it uh tweaked for the new screen resolutions of the iphone 10 and 10s and, and 10r and the notch and stuff just to, to to sort of tune the view port and change the resolution do you know if the original this. field runners is on I don't. It's, that, it's still that there. Was another, yeah, that, is it? Yeah, that was what I was wondering because that was another really big one. You know, when Seminole, the iPhone first that, came out, so it's still it was there. On everybody's best of you know best games list. Yes, I was surprised to notice it did not have an editor's choice though. But uh, <laughs> considering how key, 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 how key it used to be, um, but. Uh, but yeah, um, another another issue that that I, I think is very important to an Apple discussion, though, is that uh, Epic also recently made its own game store for you know PC, and I, I believe it carries on over to Mac too. And a lot of that was to get yep. around Steam because they uh, Steam charges a thirty percent cut. Uh, they, they recently reworked that a bit, but especially for smaller developers, it's still thirty percent. 
Yeah, it's reworked for big developers. You have to sell a lot to get a cut. (laughs) Their cut reduced. Yeah. So basically, that's the same cut Apple takes, and uh, Mm -hmm. you know, and I believe it's important. Microsoft on the Xbox Store and Sony, and so Mm -hmm. that's kind of become the standard for these very vertically integrated stores. Yeah. But I, I, you know, that was. Epic was also the the company that you know refused to put Fortnite on the the Google Play Store. Mm-hmm. So in order to download it, you actually have you know have to sideload it to play Fortnite on your Android phone. And it's yep. funny if you run a search for that, there's all kind of you know make sure you're downloading the proper one, and you know there's all these safety concerns. So there's some dangers in trying to work yeah. around the the store like that. And you yeah. Know. So is the idea that they're out of spite, sort of, they, that they maybe pulled these down because they're like, we're not down with this 30 percent cut? Mm-hmm. I don't is really that- think if they get spite, it's, you know, like they have this noble idea of how they should be doing things, because I believe yeah. what it is, they take a 12 percent cut from developers. Yes. And so that's yeah. a, that's a big difference. But they have the so, cash to do that. So, you know, it's it's you got to wonder why they didn't. I mean. The bigger statement would be pulling Fortnite, but yeah. that's who knows how much money they make on Fortnite, like I'm on sure. iOS, right? So. And I know a lot of people, I was surprised by this. A lot of people actually just play Fortnite on their iPhone. And, yeah. you know, when I first started playing it, I was like, wow, this works really well. And I was like, well, I'm going to forget about it. No, I actually know a lot of people that just play Fortnite on their iPhone. It's, it's kind of yeah. crazy. And uh, that that shows just how, how well that is. And, um, but, um, but I would say, I, I don't, I don't know. It, it just, you know, the, the way that they worked around it is like, you will see, you know, Infinity Blade in cool places. So what they did is they, they put the Infinity Blade, the actual sword in Fortnite, which yeah. it's so cynical. <laughs> it's so stereotypical. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's not what people wanted. When, when you said that people were hoping the game would show up somewhere, not that you would take the actual sword and stick it in your super successful game that everybody's already knocking you for like dumping everything for Fortnite, <laughs> dropping all your other projects. And now that, yeah, they just kind of twist the knife. <laughs> the one thing that I, I'm pretty sure that we never have to worry about though with, um, well, Fortnite is that it was sharing the location data. Um, ah. Matter of fact, a recent uh, report from the New York Times reported that a lot of apps were, you know, we know this, that a lot of our apps were sharing location data. But the thing is, mm-hmm. is this data was really precise. And the reason I'm bringing it up, I'm making a segue, there was even a game called Masha and the Bear, which mm-hmm. <laughs> shared the same location data that you would probably expect to find from, like, you know, transportation apps, one of the big culprits was the, the weather channel um, yeah. and weather bug and this data collection was so precise that you know even though it is technically anonymous you by following you know the trails you know you could mm-hmm. you could see exactly you could figure out exactly who the person is yeah what the it's anonymous are. but uh, a person's location they keep going to the same house every day yes and then they keep going to the same school every day and you can look at public records and quite easily figure out well who lives at that, like who owns that house, mm-hmm. who goes to that school or teaches at that school. Like it's not too hard to piece together anonymous bits of data to make it personal mm-hmm. and then find out, oh, and they also went to the doctor for this time and or a specialist for this kind of thing or, you know, and really learn things about them that they wouldn't have wanted to share. All they wanted was, 
oh, I want to know what the weather is in my area. Mm-hmm. So I turned on location sharing. Yes. Uh, like location uh, for my app. Like uh, the thing I don't think a lot of people really appreciate that the New York Times article really made clear mm-hmm. is it's not just that these apps are getting a lot of your data. It's that they're then selling it. Yes. Or even sometimes giving it away to 20, 30, 40 other companies per app. Mm-hmm. Like for advertising. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes for advertising, sometimes literally they're just selling your data to other people who want to cut, collect aggregate location data for other projects. Like it's so Apple has better controls than almost everybody, anyone for managing your location. But once you turn it on for an app, yeah. even for a legitimate reason, like, oh, my sports app wants my location so it knows what my local teams are. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have any control once that company gets your location data. Like no nothing Apple does can stop the owner of that app from taking the location data they grab, collecting it and doing whatever they want with it, selling it, analyzing it, whatever they're doing. Uh, and it's way more pervasive than I think most people realize. So I, I'm curious then, what do you think is the solution or do you have any like recommendations for what people should be doing? Well, the good thing is, is that Apple, you know, basically every time you, you, uh, you install an app and, you know, it asks you, do you want, you know, to share your location with yeah. this? It's off by default. Yeah. Yes. And I, the nice thing is I was happy to see, I, I, cause you know, the New York times said you will be surprised that some of these are sharing it. Almost mm-hmm. all of mine are set to while using, which was what I chose at the right. beginning. Yeah. So the first, the recommendation we can do for people who have iPhones is mm-hmm. go to settings privacy which is like the hand talk mm-hmm. to the hand <laughs> uh, and then location services and you'll see a list of all your apps that have your you can turn off location sharing globally but a lot of your apps will break mm-hmm. but you can go down through all your list of apps and it you'll be able to change them from always share my location with this app share my location only when I'm using the app yes. or turn it off for this app and it's probably a good idea for almost every app to be just set to while using mm-hmm. unless it's an app that you that's whose purpose is to track your location like you're sharing your location with a, your spouse or something like that um, yeah just make it while using and that will give them it still won't stop them from getting your location data and, and managing it and selling it doing whatever but it'll you'll they'll have so much less of it only while you're checking the weather only while you're checking your sports scores whatever and that's not going to be as easy to get a picture of like who you are and what you're doing and what's going on in your life do you also know if they you know if you have a lot of them set to always does that affect the Mm -hmm. battery life it used to be a really big thing. It used to be one of those things that everybody said, oh, turn that off. Mm-hmm. It, I don't think really think it does anymore because your iPhone itself is getting location data all the time. And those those uh, apps just pull from the API that gets your – they're not like – those apps don't have to become active mm-hmm. to get that. What they're doing is they're just periodically kind of waking up and sending packets of data. So I don't think it's a huge – huge deal for most i think one thing that surprises people is that apple you know itself is tracking it but luckily it keeps that encrypted and it stays on the phone Mm -hmm. itself but i looked it up it's called it's under system services under location services and it's significant Mm -hmm. locations and yeah sure enough every single city that i have been to in the bay area was listed in the uh 
you know, the list. Yeah. So, you know, Fortunately, basically. yeah, like you said, that's that <laughs> stuff's on your device. Yes. Um, but when it's another app tracking, they have a store of that somewhere else and they're analyzing it. Who knows how? Um, you should really check out that New York Times article. And you this is all stuff that you think you've heard before and you're familiar with it. This kind of article you should really send to your friends and family members who mm-hmm. maybe aren't freaked out about location uh, because it's very it's very well illustrated. They have all these great motion graphics to show yes. what people, what, what do your phones know about you and where you're going and how they can piece together who you are and what's going on in your life just from location stuff that you may not be aware of. It's really slickly designed. It's really easy to understand. It's a great thing to send to other people who may not know too much about this. I have to admit, I almost wondered if those motion graphics that they have were like a privacy violation itself. Because it was like, this is where this person lives. This well, is they where got, she goes to work. They got permission from her. Yeah, I know, but it's still that person, you know, that's the thing. You're still voluntarily yeah. giving up that information. So uh, to give you an idea of how bad it is, uh, here's one of the things. This Tell All Digital, a long island advertising firm that is a client of a location company, says it ran ad campaigns for personal injury lawyers targeting people anonymously in emergency rooms. That means if you were in an emergency room, you would get an ad, you know, from a personal injury lawyer. That's how (laughs) precise this stuff is. That's freaky. And and the key thing is they they didn't run an app on your phone. They got that from a weather app or a sports app or something else. So you're not running an app thinking, oh, I'm sending this to somebody who's going to target me, who's going to look for whether or not I'm going to an emergency room and then send me an ad. Yes. You're just trying to get your weather. So it's really important. Um, Tim Cook's been on the mm-hmm. tear about this lately and, and he's right. And some other analysts are right in that we need legislation around this. We need a, a sort of GDPR for the U S where people are explicitly and in plain language told what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. They have to opt into this sort of stuff. Um, you should you when you run an app and you give it your location access for weather or sports scores or whatever, mm-hmm. it should only be used for that unless they also explicitly ask you, hey, we're going to share this your location with our advertisers. Cool. And you can say no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we don't have any legislation around us. It's t- totally the Wild West. And uh, it's kind of an issue. And it's going to be more of an issue as soon as um, some of those geriatric lawmakers that we have. Right start to realize that they're being tracked. I think they're going to get scared and write a lot. Those Viagra ads, right? Well, and give you an idea of how bad it was, you know, when they were having a hearing with Google, uh, you know, it was one of the people who, I forget who it was, but one of the people who was questioning uh, didn't even know, he he held up his iPhone and stuff, and, you know, they had to say, "Uh, we don't make that phone. Yeah, why 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 did my... Like niece or something, get a, a, a picture on here. It's like it seemed like he didn't know how notifications worked. Yes, he didn't know like that apps. It was so much ignorance in one question. It was amazing. And Sundar Prachad is just sitting there stammering, going like, yep. uh, "If you give me more info, I can help you. Maybe, yes. <laughs> but we don't make the iPhone." Like it was, yeah, it was embarrassing. It was and embarrassing. It's kind of embarrassing every time they get a, a tech executive in front of Congress, it's kind of embarrassing how badly they don't understand the technologies that they're making laws about. 
Um, I also want to play up, you know, Jason was mentioning uh, Cook's where he's been speaking out. There's this uh, particularly good speech where Cook pretty much outlines all this stuff. It was uh, last October, International Conference of Data Protection and Privacy Commissioners. And uh, he basically said, we at Apple are in full support of a comprehensive federal privacy law in the United States. And he, um, he outlined four, you know, rights that he believes everybody should have, a privacy, a right to have personal data minimized, second, the right to knowledge, you know, which what's been collected, third, the right to access, you should be able to act, you know, access your data and see what's actually being sent out. Yeah, whatever they collect about you, you should be able to download. Yes. Yeah. And the fourth, the rights to security, you know, which is kind of vague, but security is foundational to trust and, you know, um, and all other privacy aspects. But uh, yeah. Now, of course, it's good business sense for Apple to promote this because yes. they're already doing most of this. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it only harms their competitors to have to do a whole lot of work and rebuild their businesses around not being able to collect so much personal data and stuff like that. And it only helps Apple because they've, they're already across that finish line for the most part. <laughs> they don't have to do a whole lot. So, um, that could only harm, you know, Apple's competitors relative to them. So there's a business case there as well, but I do believe the reason that business case exists is because as a company, mm -hmm. they've taken the hard road. It really is a lot harder to make products like Siri and stuff work well with their stance on privacy. And they've done it because they believe that. So there's a comment on Twitter okay. uh, from Two Bulkit that says, the hearing felt like I was answering questions at the Geek Squad desk. Oh, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, gosh, yep. totally. And then I have a question about kind of Apple's apps because I'm just looking through my phone right now at what's sharing what. Uh -huh. I'm, you know, like I had weather set as always because I'm like, oh, you know, it's just nice to kind of. I mean, I keep it set to always. Like if, if if it's an Apple app, are they, you know, sharing anything? Well, they, there was the bit that I was telling you about where they, you know, they do keep it on your phone and stuff, yeah. but it's, you know, that act, they say, sorry, <laughs> says, you know, that it stays encrypted and it doesn't go out. And they, so, there's certain. There are certain types of location data mm -hmm. that Apple does um, get anonymously and mm. and in aggregate, yes. like to know that traffic is bad and stuff like that. So yeah. when you're when it detects your driving, it actually breaks up your drive into segments. It eliminates the start and end point, so it doesn't actually even know where you came from or went to. And then it sort of takes those chunks and randomly adds them all together so it just knows little segments of your mm. your journey mm -hmm. so it's just like an iphone over here during this piece of highway started going slower and that way it can know what the traffic is um, so there are some things where they're collecting data that's not living on your phone but they always make it something where even if they wanted to they could never kind of identify you with it or where you are or what what you're doing with your life and uh, yeah you the and then one last question as far as if it's open in the background does that count as while using no no okay that's that's the key to while using is it has to be not just in your multitask list but it has to be the front open end. front yeah and I and I see that sometimes when you when I switch back to it, you'll see you know the location data or something you know like yeah. dark sky or something you know automatically update mm. to what you're seeing. Yeah, you'll see it like take a second. And okay. Update. Yep. To give you an idea of how much better off you are doing with Apple, um, you know the New York Times report again. You should really read this report. Um, you know 
the the code where I told you that it sent it off to you know advertisers and everything else. It would, it would tend to, they out of twenty apps that they tracked, they found that that information was going to seventy five different companies. Um, but Android apps had twelve hundred apps running that code, whereas iOS only had around two hundred. So mm. that's a significant difference if you're yeah. on iOS. There's still popular apps though. Things yes. like Weatherbug and stuff are huge. Mm-hmm. So and. Uh, you know, and I, I do think that points to the strength of Apple's vetting process, though, when they uh, when they allow. It. And I know Android recently, you know, made some, you know, changes where you were only allowed to collect data a few times an hour, as opposed to, mm. you know, collecting it constantly, which used to be allowed. So yeah, I think that's as much about battery life as anything else. But that's true. Yeah, true. <laughs> but um, but generally. I'm not worried. I, I know that some people go as crazy as to get something that they call a Faraday bag, which you yeah. know it's you know it's basically a bag that's lined with conductive metal that uh, you know keeps you know. Yeah, uh, it's like a little silvery Ziploc bag. They're really if you want to ever buy them, they're cheap. Thirty-two dollars is the one I saw. Yeah, you can get them. You can get stacks of them for like a dollar. Oh, really? It's, wow. Yeah, if you keep looking, they're really they're really pretty cheap. Um, if you just shop around. And yeah, you throw your phone in there and it basically no wireless signals will come and go through the bag. Yeah. To give you an idea of I one thing that they're often used for is uh, police departments, you know, they if they find mm-hmm. a phone at the scene of a crime, they put it in that bag so somebody can't remotely, you know, turn off the they phone. They should. Like a lot of police departments mm, don't know what they're doing, they but should. yeah, they should uh if they've got a phone they collect as evidence, <laughs> the first thing they should do is put it in a Faraday bag. Yes. So that that would be. Yeah. And do you know if they have you know rooms or something that also provide that same effect where they could open? You know, I would think that they would have a Faraday cage in evidence rooms these days. But you know how sense. police departments like updating police departments and you know local getting local funding to do stuff like this is not always cheap. So who knows? Let's see. At the very least, you could buy a pack of a hundred Faraday bags for something like two hundred dollars and. Wow! <laughs> Make sure every cruiser's got one or two of them in them. And what's it going to say? Uh, David Masella on on YouTube says, "My iPhone knows my schedule. It lets me know what traffic is on certain daily or weekly destination. It tells me how long it takes to get to work every morning, and knows where I go every Tuesday." And I, you know, like that's always been like, "Oh, it's the it's like that's great because it's like it's giving you it's predicting all these things for you." Yeah. Um, I'm curious, how creepy do you guys think, you know, it's it's gotten? In the case of the iPhone, it's not at all because Apple doesn't know any of that. Mm-hmm. That all lives on your phone encrypted and they can't, like Apple has no idea where you go on Tuesday. And this that, is why Apple that, pushes back so far against like the FBI and stuff like that because that's yeah. why it's so important to unlock a phone. Yeah. Predicting like, oh, you go here every Tuesday, I'm going to pop up a, a thing for maps to, to, for directions there or tell you when it's time to leave. All that happens on your phone. Mm-hmm. It's not happening in a cloud somewhere and then being pushed down to you and stuff. So, so you're not creeped. And, you're not creeped out at all. No, I'm not. I'm not creeped out about from from the Apple services. There are. Right. If yeah. I was using other services, you put Google Maps on your iPhone, which you may do, yeah. and I like it and stuff. You know, then location data is going somewhere else. I can log into Google Maps on the web and see my location history. And stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's it's there. 
And like when I, you know, give, I, I have a friend who recently switched over from an iPhone to an Android phone. I think it was the Pixel. And uh, he was saying that he was annoyed by every time he would go into a restaurant, you know, when he would walk out, he would get a notification. How was your experience at this restaurant? <laughs> and that right. gives you an idea. How, and when I use Google Maps on, on my iPhone, I get the same thing because, you know, it was like, how was your bus ride on the 37 bus today? Was it crowded and stuff? And so you, <laughs> it gives you an idea. And uh, that that's... You know, I don't really do anything, you know, maybe if I did some more sketchy things, I'd be a little bit worried, but it doesn't really bother me. Um, you know, I, I love some things, you know, where, you know, you you know, go to the movie theater, that's more of a calendar thing, but, uh, you know, yeah. it says, do you want to put your, your phone in do not disturb mode? And like, okay, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, that's the, you know, Apple doesn't know you went to the movies. That's just all on your phone. So that's, yes. that's the way to do it when you can. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's. There is some benefit to all, Google collecting all that data because yeah. when I go, when you go look and you go like, oh, the bus is packed this time of day, they know that because they've been tracking people. Yes. You know? They know how busy that restaurant is on a Tuesday at six because they've seen all the Tuesdays at sixes from everyone with an Android phone going in that restaurant. And I got to say, when I do the Google Maps, when it asks me how crowded it is, I usually volunteer that information. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm participating in it myself. So the, the bigger worry for me, and I don't think Google themselves does this, but would be them selling that data to other companies. Yes. And stuff. Who, who does, who knows what with it. And yeah, it's when you start getting those really, you know, Facebook is a prime example of that. When you get these, start getting these really creepily targeted ads and, you know, and it's, you know, from conversations that you thought were private and stuff. And it's like, this is why I deleted way. my Facebook account. I feel like I still need it. That's the, yeah. And uh, I, I, I want to give I, it up. Yeah. Everybody feels that way. They're like, Oh, they keep doing all these bad things, but I feel like I need it. And I have one that, you know, I have it when it was still just limited to like six schools. And so my account's really old. And so I feel yeah. like, you know, I don't want to, yeah, I gave up a hundred thousand followers. I just said, you know oh, what? No, nope. they don't need it. Uh, I would recommend a lot of people recommend don't use the Facebook app. If you have Facebook on your phone, just go to Facebook on the web Makes sense. in the web browser because at least you have tracking cookie prevention and stuff like that. And they don't have as many uh, permissions that they want, that they can ask you for. So unless you're deliberately doing things on Facebook on your phone where you need location tracking or access to the microphone or something like that, just use the web page. Yeah, a, a lot of people I know basically suffer from family. Believe it or not, a uh, messenger is the main reason I hear. I know a lot of people still use uh, Facebook. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there are people I know that never interact with their page, but they still use Messenger a lot. So that's a good, a lot, how I get a lot of contacts from people. But uh, I, you know, I'm not that worried about it on a daily basis. But I, I could see where it could get out of hand, and I'd be, you know, if I, you know. The thing I'm afraid of where it starts getting paranoid is that information being used against me and because mm -hmm. it looks like I was at a certain place and I was like, I was actually next door or something. You know, I think people just have a right to know. And I think the vast majority of people have absolutely. I mean, yeah, they're like, yeah, I know I said to, to get my date. I don't think they have any idea how many companies and people and how detailed it is and how much they can figure out mm -hmm. from, about you from just your location data. And if they knew, they would flip out. Well, um, you know, one of the things, you know, uh, 
this is a really horrible transition. So <laughs> yes. don't worry about it. Yeah. Just dive yeah. into the next yeah. topic. Yeah. Next so, topic. Okay. So you know, um, as you can see, I'm getting kind of frazzled out because we're getting approaching the end of the year, and I'm ready for a vacation. But you know, this is a good time to start looking for holiday gifts for other people. So uh, um, yesterday we did a poll on Twitter asking, uh, you know, what would be the best holiday uh, gifts for Apple fans, and uh, let's say we asked, what uh, Apple product would you most like to see as a holiday gift? And so, you know, this didn't really surprise me, but uh, to, to be clear, we weren't doing any of the big ticket items no. like we kept the no, iPhones, iPads, I, iPad Pro mm-hmm. or, or our new Mac or something like that. We were keeping it to the sort of accessory secondary items. Yeah. yeah so something that you to me are realistically going to give as a gift as opposed to, you know, hey, friend, I see every three months. Here's an iMac. I mean, even so, <laughs> there's still several hundred dollars in some cases. But hey, it's, it's, it's true. It's so I'm like, here, here's a thousand dollar phone. Buddy. Yeah. I didn't hear about this poll yet, so I'm I'm curious to see the results. Let's see if I'm surprised. Okay, so the results. What Apple product would you like to, uh, most like to receive as a holiday gift? A whopping 50% said an Apple Watch Series 4. Okay. And uh, yep. following behind that um, was the AirPods at 24%. And uh, in third place was the Humble HomePod. And only 11% of the people wanted an Apple TV 4K. And, you know, honestly, this sounds like a pretty proper ratio that, that would be what i'd be i was to. a little bit surprised that HomePod beat apple tv but i think a lot of people may already have other yeah other ways that they get their streaming services yes. and they're not concerned about it until apple launches all these shows they're working on the apple tv like always they, seems superfluous to me i can never convince myself to buy it i, I appreciate it but maybe i don't watch know, tv as a, much as other people yeah. if you have a 4k tv it's a great 4k tv box uh-huh uh, it's one of the few that does HDR 10 and Dolby vision and Dolby Atmos sound and all this, you know, um, but there's no, like all the streaming services run on everything. So yeah. unless you, unless you have a lot of iTunes movies you bought mm-hmm. on iTunes, then it's there's that's the only way you can kind of get them on a streaming box. So other than that, everything's everywhere else. I wonder if it's bec- what, like, because so many people, I think, already have AirPods and they may not have the watch, I wonder, like, how much of that is in, like, if they didn't have either, what would they choose? You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think there's more reason to upgrade. Like, some people may have an old watch. Yeah. And they want a Series 4. Yes. There is no upgrade in the AirPods yet. Like, it's, it's you either have it or you don't. You have a Series 4. Have you been enjoying it? I do. I love it. Mm-hmm. It was a huge, uh, it's a big upgrade from the three, but it was an enormous upgrade from the two, which is what I had before mm-hmm. the series two. Um, yeah, it's, it's, they made a massive leap with the series four. See, I, I, you know, I've said this before, but I have a series three and I, I haven't quite felt, you know, the pull to uh, upgrade it's, it. And I can still get hard. a lot of money they, for it. Yeah. I know they updated, they, they raised the price and stuff and it's just really hard to, to pull that trigger if you have a three. I'd say if anyone has a two or earlier, it's totally worth it. If you've got a three, it's like, ah, mm-hmm. do I really need the better screen for like four hundred dollars? And yeah, it's I do love tough. some of those watch faces, but that's not enough to convince me to you know plug yeah. in all that cash for a few cool watch faces. And um, but uh, the AirPods wait for Series Five. Yes, start talking about a, a wait. You know, I, I think that's a lot of people are waiting on. Um, is you know some kind of improvement to the AirPods? You know, I still think the you know where people expect noise cancellation like you get from Bose. I still think that's kind of science fiction. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think there's enough room <laughs> in an AirPod to do it. 
But yeah. I would like to see controls like, you know, you do volume by just like sliding your finger up or something. That would be really cool. But so that might be science fiction too. But uh, I do love my AirPods. I, I use them constantly. I make, you know, use them on the, the train. I use them to make, I, I haven't talked on the phone so much in years uh, ever since I got my AirPods. And now uh, it's comfortable as opposed to holding up the darn phone. It, to my it really is. Anytime I'm on the phone with someone like my mom or somebody who's going to talk for an hour, yes. I, I, I can <laughs> grab my AirPods. Absolutely. And, well, you, you know, here's the, okay. So I was thinking about getting some AirPods for my dad. He's really hard of hearing. So not mm-hmm. only that, but, like, but they also have that live listen feature. Where it's kind of turns yeah. them into makeshift um, hearing aids. But uh, I, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm sorry, dad, he's so old. And <laughs> I, 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 I sort of wonder how easy he would find to use them. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things that's been kind of holding me back. I would say there's not, there's no wireless earbuds that are easier. Yes. Like I know. You, don't, you don't ever have to like press a button to turn them on or it's easier to pair than anything else out there and stuff. So I, I think if he can't do AirPods, he's not going to be able to do any, well. <laughs> any wireless headphones. <laughs> like it's, that's as easy as it gets. So okay. You're going to have to walk him through the live listen thing. But other than that. Yes. Now I'm. I still haven't bought my wife uh, a gift yet. Mm-hmm. Um, she does not have AirPods or an Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. Okay. What would you What would you think is a better gift? Is she into fitness? Uh, she, like go work out and stuff. Somewhat, yeah, yeah, like that. yeah. The, the the Apple Watch has a lot more utility. It's useful for a lot of things, but if you if you work out, mm-hmm. it's so much more useful than other. And if you don't, if you just one of those people just I never exercise, I don't plan to, then it's just like a a way to get higher priority notifications like on your wrist, you know? Exactly. And Jason and I just the other day were talking about, you know, like must have apps for the Apple Watch. And we were both talking about to just press record, which as writers is an easy way for us to take notes. And after that, start getting like, uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, there's some cool stuff. It's cool to check the weather, but without pulling out your phone and stuff, I mean. It's cool, but it's not well. Four hundred dollars cool, but if you work out, mm-hmm. all the exercise tracking and fitness tracking and stuff like that, yes, it's really next level. And then it starts to be really worth the money. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is like how how much does she listen to music? Yeah, like AirPods are definitely a lot cheaper mm-hmm. than an, than an Apple Watch, yeah. and everyone loves them. So if she's the kind of person who like puts headphones in all the time. Microphones are good. I, you know, I love the the case even with the little snap. It's so satisfying to close that yeah. thing. And the HomePod. Here's an important point. Um, you know, the HomePod lately from B and H. I think Target. Uh, we've been seeing some sales that are cutting off as much as a hundred dollars off of that thing. So that brings it down to like two hundred forty nine dollars, which to me is a more reasonable price for what it is. Yeah, yeah. I feel. I still feel like if you're not an Apple Music subscriber, if yeah. you're like a Spotify person, just. I'm going to airplay Spotify over to it for mm-hmm. 250 bucks. I could do better, you know. Yes. It's really for Apple Music people still. I have to admit like the you know, the one of the main reasons I use the HomePod for is like, hey, what's the weather today? And that's that's yeah. mainly what I get the use of the you, <laughs> you could get a Google Home Hub or something or an Alexa or something and to do that and so much more for yes. a lot less money. I mean, yeah. it, it does look good. You know, when I go over to other people's houses and I see, you know, their smart speakers and stuff, I, I do admit that they have better voice controls, but they look like garbage, honestly. Uh, I don't know. They seem to look start looking rattier a lot sooner <laughs> than the HomePod. So yeah. that's one thing I've been kind of turned off. But, uh, but 
the Apple, the Apple, you know, of the products we've talked, that you know, of course, I have a Series Three, not a Series Four. The Apple TV 4K is the only one I do not personally have in my house. And then, you know, I think if you're the kind of person who, like I said, doesn't have a ton of stuff mm-hmm. from iTunes mm-hmm. because that's the only way to get that stuff on your TV, mm-hmm. then yeah, don't worry about it until Apple launches all these TV shows. If they launch all these TV shows, you know, that they're working on and you can only see those on an Apple TV, then worry about that because it's way more expensive than most other streaming devices. So here's one for you. Let's go a little bit bigger. If, you know, we're we're talking about the bigger stuff. If you wanted to give someone, say, the new MacBook Air or one of the new iPad Pros, what would you give that person? What what would you give? That's tough. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... I think the iPad Pro is a better product, but it's like it, it, it all really depends on what this person is going to use it for, what they need. Mm-hmm. This person needs a new computer. I'd rather get them a, a, a MacBook Air mm-hmm. than an iPad Pro and a, a keyboard and a pencil and a yada yada. Yeah. If, you know, but if and, and, and does this person like to draw? Is this person concerned with a media consumption device? Mm-hmm. You know, do they want something they can basically watch? TV or give to their kid to watch shows and stuff like that, you know. So yeah, I think it depends on use case. I think that's one thing people forget, you know, about the I- iPad, and sometimes I forget about it until I start writing about it. Is yeah, you have all these, you know, peripherals that you got to worry about, you know, either a yeah. case or a, a sleeve or the the pencil. Starting itself. at eight hundred, but then two hundred fifty dollars worth of stuff you got to get. Yeah, and where you know, whereas a MacBook, you just close it and you're done, basically. So yeah. there, there, th- that's nice. So. Uh, you know, it, it it's almost like at my at my point, the older a person is, the more and more inclined to give them an iPad Pro. I'm, I'm so I'm I'm starting to sound ageist uh, anyway, but uh, that's my that's my uh, experience with my family. My, I yeah. got my dad an an iPad, and he loves it. He used to just brick PCs and stuff all the time because he would yeah. accidentally download viruses and stuff. And that's something you really don't have to worry about with Apple. So that is that has been the greatest the greatest thing. And he's pretty hard on it too, and it's just kept on kicking. So that's a good one. So uh, do we have any hot takes or anything in the, from the audience? There was a couple questions earlier, and and one was, uh, what's your favorite iPad Pro handwriting app? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, go ahead and answer that one. I'm still, you know, there are, other, there are some apps that do some really cool things. Um, you know, CardFlow is one of my favorite outlining apps where you can use it to like rearrange index cards. And I wish they had something like that on the iPhone, honestly. But it's it's so nice because it's a, it's a, it makes it a lot faster process than what you have with, uh, you know, like a regular outlining app. But as far as the writing experience, I, I still go back to Notability because other apps have really cool ideas, but Notability actually feels like writing with a pen. And it's I believe that's important because with other ones, you have to slow down too much. And I, I don't think that's that's really good. So I, I still go for Notability. Notability, not only does it feel nice, but you can also add lines to it. It's really easy to you know circle things and move them around. It's really easy to erase. It works beautifully with that new uh, where you can you know double tap to switch between the eraser and the the pencil. And uh, you know for general purpose notes, that's 
that's what I would go for is, is notability. And nice thing is you have to pay more money, of course, but it effortlessly syncs between the Mac and the, the iPad. So if you write up your notes by hand on the, uh, on the iPad, you can, you know, go switch over to your Mac and open it and boom, there's my same notes and I can, you know, start typing side by side. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that's one of the reasons I love notability. It's, and, and honestly, Apple's notes app is not bad. Yeah. And it, yeah. you can't do things like, you know, really change the thickness and if you want a customization and stuff that's yeah that's it's it's, li- it's limited mm-hmm. you know and it's it's still an app that's really kind of built around keyboard input like yes typing the really um, cool thing though is the ability just to tap the screen and you can start making a note yeah um, with, with your apple pencil Pro, mm-hmm. just tap the screen start making a note that's going to go in your notes it's going to sync on icloud it'll be on your mac it'll be yeah yeah that's the benefit but if i were to go with one Note-taking app, yeah, I would definitely be notability, um, mm-hmm. customization, fluidity of the pencil. It, it's 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 a pretty wonderful thing, and uh, and oh, and that's syncing that for me especially that is that is very oh, and it also works with the iPhone too. So you can have all your note, your handwritten notes. You can see them all immediately on the um, you know the, the the Mac, the iPhone, and the iPad. And that's pretty amazing, mm-hmm. but that would be definitely what I would go for. So oh. just as a reminder. We, uh, Stephen from Florida, uh, yes, you won. Check your email. Check your email. Yes. Check your spam folder. You won an 11, uh, 11 inch, 64 gigabyte space gray iPad Pro. That's a nice Christmas gift. It is a nice Christmas gift. It's, uh, yeah, this is actually nicer than anything else we have listed here. So, congratulations. And, uh, you know, I've, um, I've, uh, you know, I've been using a 12.9 inch, but I've heard from a lot of people that this is like the more the perfect size. And, uh, you know, and I, I can honestly believe that. And especially if you're going to be taking notes, drawing or something, it, it's it's a good size. And I can, you know, just holding it and feeling it. I can tell that. But uh, once again, congratulations. This has been episode 633 of the Macworld podcast. We've been kind of, you know, a little smaller than usual. Just been me and Jason Cross. Thank you. <laughs> And uh, no there's me, and then there's uh, Dan Masaoka. Yeah, you forgot about me. And I didn't forget about you. I was <laughs> getting to you. So, uh, but uh, I will we be on next week? I think, I think so. I think we're going to do next week, and then we'll be off for the holidays. Okay, so yes, we have one more coming, and hopefully Roman will be back. Um, and uh, I can't remember if uh, Stephen from Florida actually entered the Wolverine code in order to... You know, for an extra <laughs> chance to win his iPad Pro. But uh, yes, we had thrown that in there. So once again, I'm Leif Johnson, and uh, we'll see you next week. 